Welcome to the Authentic Intimacy Podcast for one of life's most important topics, authenticity in sex, love, dating and relationships. Visit GavrielleShaw.com for resources, courses, coaching tips and more. On with today's show. I'm speaking with Midori Verity. Midori has spent more than a decade studying interpersonal cognitive and behavioral psychology and couples therapy, studying actual couples, dissecting how they communicate and interact, revealing the practical real life suggestions and tips for modern relationships. Being together for 30 years, Midori and her husband have clearly figured out the success formula to a wonderful marriage. Midori is relationship advisor for the California Women's Conference, strategic partner for Women Network, best-selling author to Secrets to a Kick-Ass Marriage, and host of The Ultimate Relationship Show and more. Today we're talking about challenges of modern relationships and marriage, biggest lessons that Midori had to learn hitting a point of desperation at 40, recommendations for building authentic relationships, and an exciting topic called neuroplasticity. So Midori, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So playing devil's advocate, modern relationships are easy, aren't they? (laughs) I would never describe it that way. Uh, you know, so many couples today are, they have the same, I, I keep on hearing the same messaging. Everyone's stressed out. You, we work too many hours. We have kids. We are overcommitted trying to make sure our kids turn out perfectly and they're well-rounded and they can play soccer and they can do ballet and they can do everything. And what happens is we put our relationship last mm. because, you know, you go home and your partner's there. So it's easy to put that um, on the back burner. And so when you do that over time, there are several problems that can happen. So that, that's very interesting. You're, su- you're suggesting that problems in life crop up. There's all sorts of different stresses and daily challenges. And we actually start to take for granted the relationship and therefore start to neglect it. Exactly. Exactly. I see it over and over and over again. What are the typical kind of stress points or challenges that you see relationships have? I often see where there's two different kind of personalities with when it comes to money. One may be a spender. The other one likes to hoard all the money and just protect it. And that creates a lot of challenges. Hmm. The other challenge that I see is that they're, they, a feeling of there's never enough. And that could be just perceived or it could be because there's really never enough. Uh, but those are typical, just despite what your social economic bracket is. It just is a continual thing that I see in most relationships. Right. So e- even if the lady has got the credit card for Fendi bags and, and whatnot, sh- she still feels there's never enough? One of them feels like there's never enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if one of them feels like there's never enough, the other one knows uh-huh. the, the, the stress and the um, unhappiness of that feeling. You mentioned uh, in your writing that you hit a, a point of desperation at 40. Would you tell us something about that? Yeah, that's when my entire life changed. I remember waking up. It was the morning of my 40th birthday and just feeling this just sense of gloom, like just this darkness and this heaviness on me. And I didn't want to get out of bed. I never want to get out of bed. And I I didn't know what it was at first. And then I really started thinking about it. And what it ended up being was 
a little mini midlife crisis Mm -hmm. and just this huge sense of disappointment in myself. I hadn't achieved the goals that I wanted from when I was younger. And I was just really, really unhappy with where I was in my life. And so I had to do a few different things. So this, this feeling went on for about six months. It was a long period of time. It wasn't just, you know, I had a feeling and it went away. It just kept going. So at that point, my husband and I had had a business together. It was about 15 years and I was just absolutely burnt out. I was begging him to sell it. Just get rid of it. Let's, let's just walk. Let's just go live in a tent somewhere and just get away. Cause I can't stand it one more second. And the, I think the worst part of it was, was that I felt absolutely trapped. Like there was no escape. It was our means of income. It was how we were paying for our family. It was how we were paying for my son to go to my, my kids to go to private school and saving up for college. And just, I'm, it just was this feeling of what the hell am I going to do now? And I don't know where to go. I don't know. I can't change. I can't go back to college. What am I going to do? I've been self-employed for 15 years. So what I had to do was really, really take a look at my life and figure out the next steps because I just could not stay where I was. And so that's what I did. I pretty much cut myself off from the world for about six months. And I just started reading every self-help, self-development book I could get a hold of. I was watching YouTube videos Um, I didn't watch TV anymore. I didn't see my friends anymore. I just really got into this kind of a bubble of this world as now that I look back, as I was making these changes, these complete personality, these personality, but complete changes in my life. And then I started going to um, seminars and conventions. And that's where I met someone named Doug Bench. And he told me about the concept of neuroplasticity. And that's when things really, really started making huge changes in my life. So before that point, had you not studied the interpersonal cognitive and behavioral psychology, was that background or was that since that breakdown point? No, I was a communications and sociology major in college. So I I had studied that. That's what I had studied. Um, so I had that background already, but I didn't even think about it because my business had nothing to do with that. And that, so, and that, so that background wasn't enough to save you from that point of, of, of desperation or self-reflection, but then you were introduced to the concept of neuroplasticity. What it is, is brain science. And it's the concept that your brain is like plastic. So it can constantly be changing throughout your life. They used to believe that once you got to a certain age in your youth, your brain couldn't change anymore and it was done. But now science has proved that we can constantly be changing the neurons and the connections. And what that means for us is that when you understand how to do it and you know the mental tricks to do it and the the practices, you can make things happen in your life. So for instance, if you have always believed that you could only have a certain amount of wealth because of the way that you were raised, through practices of brain science and neuroplasticity, you can change that recording in your brain. So all of us have beliefs about ourselves. It's what we totally believe and usually it's because of the way that we're raised in our experiences. So finances, whether we're athletic or not, the way that we behave in our relationships, that is all pre-programmed in our brain. 
But through neuroplasticity, we can change that. We have full control to change and become who we want to become and believe what we want to believe about ourselves. That's why it's so cool. Were there specific steps that you went through or where does that take us in your transformation? I had to do a few things. So through those six months, I had to really figure out, okay, what am I going to do now? I got to figure out how to get out of this business. You know, my husband's not going to sell it. So I got to figure that out. So I got that taken care of. Um, but really what it, what I had to do was get to a higher plateau where I could look at things more clearly instead of being in this chaos and this anger and this frustration, I had to break through that so that I could see things clearly. So I knew what steps to take. And so through all the experiences that I was going through, through the neuroplasticity, through the, um, I started getting into um, hypnotherapy as well. And just really getting to the subconscious level, it helped me clear things and helped me understand that I was doing a lot of blaming of other people. And I had to stop that. If anything was going to change, I had to stop that. And I had to look at myself and what happened was I realized it was really all me. It was the way that my life had, had become and the way that I was feeling was because of me. But that's beautiful because then once you realize that, you realize, okay, so if that was because of me, that means I can also change that. I can take myself to the next stage. And so that's what started to happen as I started to concentrate on that. Um, I concentrated on what my zone of genius is. So if for your audience, if they are in a career, if they're in a business, if they're in any point of their life where they really want to make massive change, you got to look at a few different things. And one of them is your zone of genius. What are you really good at, intrinsically good at? Is it math? Is it um, helping others? Just really think of what you're good at. Don't go after something that you really suck at. So that's what I looked at. And then the next part was understanding why I wanted something, why I wanted to go after something, what was really important to me, knowing what my core values were, um, whether it's integrity, whether it's um, helping others, whatever it is, you got to be aware of what those are. Once you have that, then you can start making your path of where you want to go. And as long as wherever that path is, that you, that destination that you want to get to, fits in with your zone of genius and your why, your core values, you can get there with the help. This is what I found with the help of neuroplasticity. So you can get yourself through those challenges and the barriers and the problems that come up. Um, it all fits together just beautifully and your whole world opens up like you never saw before because you've never realized what's out there and what you're capable of. At the start of that discovery process, how was your relationship? Was it rocky because of the negative experience that you were going through? And how did you, and then what I often hear is that relationships can change or break down once one of the partners has made a big transformation. So how did you keep the relationship together? Really, really good question on both of those parts. So that was a two-part question. Um, yeah, of course, when I was going through that little midlife crisis, I was doing a lot of blaming of my husband. I hated the business. I blamed him. I hated where I was in my life. I blamed him. I hated our financial situation. I blamed him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was a lot of, um, built up resentment there. And at one point I got very, very, very close to leaving. Luckily, I had enough grounding that I could see through that. And I, I got, you know, I, I helped myself enough 
to realize that was not the right way to go. And once I stopped, really, once I stopped doing the finger pointing and looking at myself and realizing it was me, that started to subside. And then I realized, you know, he was one of the best things in my life (laughs) and thank God for him. And I needed to have more of a gratitude attitude and a positive attitude because then I could appreciate what was around me and what I had. And it was amazing once I got out of my own way. The second part of what you asked is as one person starts to evolve and change, it can be very challenging in a relationship if the other person is not doing the same thing. And that's usually the case is that one person reaches a point where they start making these huge leaps and the other person staying where they were. And that can cause a lot of friction and a lot of tension and disconnect. Um, so, yeah, we've gone through that over, you know, periodically, periodically, we still go through that. But by having the right communication tools, being aware of what's going on, it makes it a lot easier to work through those things. We've been together for almost 30 years. And so that's just part of it. And what I know from doing all the studies that I do and all talking with all the clients that I talk to is that you got to be aware of it. And then once you learn how to work through it, it makes your relationship even stronger. So I no longer, you know, my husband has run the business the same way. I feel like he should be running it a different way. Um, But I had to let all that go and just see him for the partner that he is and be grateful for so many awesome things that he does instead of concentrating. And many of us, of us do this. So everyone who's listening, I hope you pay attention to this one little key thing. It is not, it's a natural tendency of humans to pay attention to the negative, the negative in our partner, the negative at our, in our boss, in our friends coming from something called a gratitude attitude, where you are, where you really think about what you're grateful for, that can change everything. That can change your mindset in a second. That can change your stress level when you're angry at somebody in a second. So that's what I really started working on was what am I grateful for? And then when I realized that it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this other stuff can all work out. I have the tools. I know how to do it. So um, that was a a great point that so many people go through. Yeah. So in terms of the neuroplasticity, because it can change, uh, it can take time for the brain to change and learn new habits to reform. How fast do you suggest that clients or people can expect to see positive change in themselves and in their relationships? It depends on what they're going for. But, you know, with neuroplasticity, something like I'll give you a couple of exercise, a couple just quick little exercises. But gratitude attitude is just where you're um, you start thinking about all the positives about somebody or about your world or, you know, the fact that you have a car to drive you where you need to go or that you have a roof over your head. That's instant. If notice the next time that you're in an argument or you're feeling really frustrated that you change your mindset, you just stop, you pause, you're aware of it, and you think of everything that you're grateful for in whatever you're upset with. So whether it's a person, whether it's your car, whatever it is, come from a point of gratitude attitude and you will notice immediately your anger, your stress, your frustration goes down. So that's one thing. For something bigger where you want to change a um, like your financial attitude or the way that you respond to your partner, That's more of a a longer term type of practice, but still doesn't take that long. They say to change a habit, it takes 21 days. I have found that usually I notice a bigger change and I notice in my clients, there's a bigger change after about 30 days of doing something consistently. Mm -hmm. So another exercise that is very effective is positive attitude. 
what you do for that is you write down I am statements. So if you want to change, let's say you want to go speak on a stage, but you're terrified of it, but you know that that's going to help you in your career. You can say something like, I am an amazing speaker on stage. I am loved when I am on stage. And you just make these com- these comments, you do about 10 of them at a time. I am, whatever it is, I am a respectful and loving husband. I am a great athlete and I have a fantastic body. Those kind of things. And you just state them. And what you do, once you have these written out, it has to be all present tense. You cannot include any negative words such as no or um, not, just no negative words. And you write about 10 of them and you, you want to repeat them to yourself at least twice a day. I think three times a day is much better. And you say them out loud, you look in the mirror, like when you're brushing your teeth and you just say it with all your personality, you use a lot of um, body language and say it to yourself in the mirror twice a day, at least. The other part of it is don't share these affirmations with anybody. These are your private affirmations. What happens when you share them with other people, you're giving it away and you're inviting negativity in because people may say something that you perceive as negative and that breaks down your, your focus. So try that and I bet you will see a huge change. That's a great few tips. So catching yourself in negative self-talk and then mm-hmm. choosing to restate things in a positive way by bringing in gratitude. And gratitude is an experience. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. So I guess it's you're not just saying just list five things that you feel grateful for, but you really have to feel it, right? Yeah. And as you say it, it's something so simple. So for instance, the other day I was so angry with my husband. We had been, um, there's something called perpetual arguments, which every couple has. But anyway, we, this one was particularly heated. It, it was so bad that the next morning I still felt frustrated, frustrated and anger. Um, and I, around the afternoon, I just remember looking at myself and just thinking, what am I doing? Why do I feel like this? How would I advise my clients to get out of this because this is ridiculous. I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'm like, oh, duh, the gratitude attitude. And so all I did, I was very, very angry. So how I did it is I started by thinking about something simple, my kids. I adore my kids. Um, They're great. And so I just started thinking about positives about them. Immediately, within a split second, my stress level, I could feel it going down. So I started with that. And then I started with my car. It's like, okay, so my car, I can get to wherever I need to go. It's great. I don't have to worry about anything. It's always there. There's always gas, et cetera, et cetera. So it brought me down. This is all very, very quick. This is within a matter of seconds. And then I was finally able to move to my husband. And I started thinking of positives about him. He is a great father. He coaches my kids. He helps me with dinner he, or he'll do the whole dinner. He'll help me with dishes. I mean, there's, I can go on and on. There's a million things. And when we take the time to think about it, it's like, oh gosh, there's so many things. But immediately I changed my attitude. I was able to go home and have a real conversation with him rather than coming from anger. I came from love and where we could actually communicate. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that changed everything. And for those who um, have a hard time with communication, being able to actually communicate and listen and talk, that will change everything in your in your relationship. Very nice. And you also mentioned writing down I am statements mm-hmm. um, and not sharing those kind of affirmations with other people because that can uh, break your focus. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, all this is mental. It's all Mm. mental. Um, but once you start doing it and once you start seeing results, it's, it's amazing. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I have so much control of who I am. And once you see it happen, once you start feeling it, it just opens up so many doors and so many opportunities. And it just puts you in a whole new place in your world. And you can become, you know, who you want to be rather than living with those recordings that are negative that don't serve you. Are there any other tips or recommendations to touch on now in terms of building authentic relationship? You know, we talked about in the very beginning of this conversation, um, you know, we get so busy that we put our relationship on the back burner. It's very important to make it a priority. So easy ways to do that is just by having dates, schedule dates, make them a big event. I know it's so cliche. Everyone says to date, but just like you have meetings in business and you show up and you're always on time and you're prepared, do the same thing for your date. Make it an event, write it down on the calendar. Do not ever, 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 ever not show up to that. Make sure that you show up and you're ready and you are mentally excited for it. So continue to do that. Do that at least once a month, if not every week. And it can be simple, but just as long as you have something to look forward to as a couple. Another thing is meetings. Have regular meetings. And this is almost like a business meeting. I know it sounds super not sexy, but if you're going to have a long-term relationship, it's important. So in those meetings, know what's important that you need to talk about. So maybe it's about the kids. Maybe it's about your finances, which I do recommend having that in every single meeting, which you want to do once a week. Um, And then whatever else, like if you want to have a vacation, are you guys saving up for a vacation? What are you doing? Um, What are your goals together? And so write those big things out. That's something that I really work with uh, my clients on is setting big goals. What do you want to do as a couple? Meaning, do you want to move into a different home in a different city? Do you want a different kind of lifestyle? Do you want to go into a new career? Do you want to make more money? Um, Do you want to scale back? Do you want to release stress in your, in your life? So, you know, having those kind of priorities and what happens with a relationship when you're meeting once a week and you're staying focused on this, things start to move a lot quicker because one plus one in a relationship equals synergy, not two. It makes synergy. So things can happen a lot quicker. Um, Also, it keeps the relationship exciting. And then another thing is communication. This is the biggest deal with relationships is we get into habits of negative communication where we're just trying to win or we aren't listening anymore. So read some books, learn some tools um, to help you communicate more successfully. It will serve you very, very well. So I've got the idea that a a date should not cross the boundaries of one of those life administration meetings. It's separate, completely completely separate. separate. It's just about fun. So Yeah, Yeah. so the, the, the date is about fun and reflecting on positives of life, luxuriating, and then the meetings are more life administration, the functional, the operational kind of things that have to be taken care of for general life. It's that, but also it's about creating excitement in your relationship. So if you want something really big and exciting that is super scary to do on your own, Mm. that's the beauty of being in a relationship. So discuss it, know what it is, write, you know, I I talk about 90 day goals. I teach 90 day goals, Um, you know, set up 90 day goals for yourself. 
you know, as a couple um, and watch what happens. Watch, watch how far you can get and it will shock you. 90 day goals in terms of the, the individual or as a couple together? It can be both. Right. It can be both, um, but you're supporting each other in whatever that endeavor is. That's really good. That's nice. And then uh, on communication. So is there anything else to touch on for now? And also where can people find you online? They can go to my website, which is midoriverity.com. And I have a ton of free information there. I have blogs. I have a show called um, the ultimate relationship show where I interview sex experts and finance experts. And so there's a lot of great information there for couples. So that's where I encourage people to go. So go check that out and um, just stay fresh with your relationship. And what is the Thrive in 30 program? What that is, it's where you get coaching with me and we do it in a group atmosphere, but it's just all virtual. So people can be anywhere in the world and we get together once a week and I help you with those 90 day goals. I help you with setting um, really exciting goals to help you in your relationship, to keep it moving and passionate and fun. Um, We talk about communication. That's one huge core of what we work on. And then of course, neuroplasticity so that you can make your life happen way easier. So you stop getting in your way and you start seeing things happen quicker and you start seeing problems and issues that occurred before become simpler and easier to get through. So I encourage you to check that out. Um, Thrive in 30 for anyone who is looking for big change in their relationships and their lives and they want a little bit of help. Um, or a lot of help, that is a great program that we just started offering. 